Hey everyone, this podcast is part of Story Mode, the podcast network of Gamefully Unemployed. You can support us and gain access to other great exclusive podcasts at patreon.com slash gamefullyunemployed. That's patreon.com slash g-a-m-e-f-u-l-l-y unemployed, which is spelled like it sounds. R.I.P. Jim Cotta guy. Ah, uh, yeah. It's a sad day. Sad He'd, day. He, he wasn't that old. He died of a stroke. Well, that's too bad. Yeah, Jim Cotta yeah. didn't come out that long ago. But he left us Jim Cotta, so, you know. I mean, our, that's that's probably more of a legacy than I'm going to leave yeah, on this Jim, world, He invented so. a new way of fighting that yeah. is used all over the globe now. Yeah. Jim Cotta. Jim Cotta. Uh, hi, hi, everyone. Hello, everyone. My name is David Bell. My name is Tom Ryman. And we just watched Confessions of a Dangerous Mind, starring Michael Sarah as Sam Rockwell as Chuck Barris. His future was uncertain. I'm sorry about your show. Are you okay? I just wanted to thank people. His every move was being watched. I could use your help. I work for the Office of Diplomatic Security. Is that the CIA or something? Are you interested? There's a couple of moments in this movie where it's like, holy shit, is that, you know, so-and-so? Right. I mean, I, I remembered some of it. I knew the cameos that were going to be on the dating game. I remembered that scene. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, and I, I remember that, you know, George Clooney directed this, so he's got friends. Uh, yeah. But yeah, there's a few that I was like, oh, shit. Yeah, like uh, Rutger Hauer. And, yeah, um, Rutger Howard is the one I was like, oh, no. Uh, Maggie Gyllenhaal. Yeah, Maggie Gyllenhaal as Drew Barrymore's roommate. Yep. Um, before we get started, this is normally something we do Thursdays. This is a we just watched classic. Uh, we we we're we're cleaning up. We're we're just we're trying to we're trying to clear, like get our schedule a little uh, more stable. But mm-hmm. also, there was just nothing to uh, also yeah. There's nothing watch that, this weekend. Yeah, there's nothing that came out this weekend. So yeah. Uh, so this is brought to you by Joshua Graves. Woo. Thank you, Joshua. Joshua gave us a list Woo. to choose from, and we chose this one, which, Tom, you said you hadn't watched since theaters? I haven't seen it since it came out, which this movie came out in 2002. Yeah. Which is a long fucking time ago. <laughs> yeah, I told you I, I saw them filming this movie. The All the parts where they're in Eastern Europe, mm-hmm. uh, Berlin Wall, all that, that's all like the same four blocks of Montreal. <laughs> Yeah. Like this more historical area when he's when the dating game guy is like talking to um, Chuck Barris and being like, you gotta you gotta let me. Uh, yeah, you gotta put you gotta, in a good word. You gotta talk when they to pass, her, Chuck. Yeah, when they pass by the truck that like zooms by the shot, if you remember, mm-hmm. I'm like just off screen watching. Uh, uh, and that was the only time I saw them filming it. I uh, that Berlin Wall I hung out with uh, though because sure. they couldn't they couldn't just like. It's like they just had it there. Like they couldn't, they had like a couple security guys, but they couldn't like permanently block it off. Right. So they just had this big foam Berlin wall. Sure. Why not? Yeah. Fuck but it. yeah, that's, that was the reason I, I remember when it came out. I haven't seen this for a few years, but I've seen it more recently than you. Uh, what, how did you, how did you like this movie? I like this movie. Yeah, I, I do too. I, I gotta say, I didn't like it as much as I remembered it. Yeah, it's a little. I I sort of I sort of felt the same way. Um, I think it's written it's, by Charlie Kaufman. It by is the written way. by Charlie Kaufman. Yeah. Yes, it is, <laughs> um, and that comes through. Oh yeah, because um, it's filmed like it's it's George Clooney's directorial debut. It's filmed like a Coen Brothers movie. Yeah, um, but it's also filmed like a TV show. Like he frequently. And, and that's very much intentional, and it's one of the things I actually uh, in, uh, really like about the movie, is that it frequently, because it's such a heightened reality in which it takes place, it's based on a fabulous uh, autobiography <laughs> by Chuck yeah. Barris. It's based off what I would call a lie? Oh, yeah. No, he admitted it was. Oh, okay. Good. I, yeah. I- like he said, he said it was, he, he was just like, uh, it was, it was actually, it was a few years after this movie came out. He was like, yeah, no, I was never, I applied for the CIA, but I never made it in. This is just like, I figured if I was going to write my autobiography, why don't I make it like awesome? 
Yeah. <laughs> like, so. Well, that comes out in the, in the movie, I thought, because it's a lot about a man's regrets and that he didn't do anything with his life or like the feeling that he didn't. Yeah. And so, and then he, in a, in a fucking drunken stupor, writes this autobiography that's just a lie. Yeah. Or, or mostly a lie. Yeah. But the scenes, there, there's a lot of, uh, in scene like in camera transitions where like walls move um yeah a lot of really cool practical effects yeah so it's it's like a tv show yeah um like Uh, a like a variety show i think though it's really cool the way they did that and you can sort of like when he's going on the page tour and then clearly they made sam rockwell like quickly change into yep uh, it's stuff like that. Yeah. The, the, or when he's on the, the phone with the guy and then the wall of his apartment disappears and you can yeah. see the other guy there. And yeah, there's some great shit. Um, and so it's visually a very interesting movie. The thing that like I found ugly was the filters on a lot of this, like a lot of the flashbacks. Um, yeah, and he, I get, I get the idea, which is that the farther when, when they show like when he's a kid and like a baby the filters are really heavy because the memory is foggy. the memory is foggy yeah and everything gets clearer i get the that. older he it gets j- yeah yeah it still just didn't look good uh they could have done that better i think i don't know <laughs> it's um, a very this is a very slight criticism i just i just thought it looked kind of like dog shit <laughs> like yeah. the fil- i got the under i understood why they did it but yeah there was some shots where i'm like i feel like it's just like kind of out of focus or something i don't know mm-hmm. uh but it's yeah clooney's definitely knew what he was doing like i like his directing yeah uh i think what it was about this movie watching it again that i was like i'm less thrilled about this isn't the writing it's not the performances it's not the directing it's the character yeah it's the it's the realization of like oh i don't care about this person right like there's they never do the work to make you like chuck Mm -mm. in fact they go out of the way to make you not like him yeah the whole so it's like why am i sitting here just watching the the and it it sat it sat wrong with me when i first saw it in the theater and it still sits wrong with me but the the final scene in which he gets the best of julia roberts Oh, yeah. It's like I'm sitting here watching this self-aggrandizing man uh, tell us lies about his fantastic life. Right. And then, like, the final scene is, like, him outsmarting this, like, uh, woman that was, like, trying to destroy him and everyone else in the CIA alongside him. So it's like it's, like, a very typical... Like yeah, oh, it's okay, a fantasy. right? Yeah, let's make the woman the 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 evil seductress, femme, <laughs> and like, femme fatale. Yeah, yeah, and then you outsmart her in a very stupid way. Yeah, <laughs> uh, um, but in a very spy novel way. Yeah, like um, I I get that in the framing of it's all fake, yes. which I almost wish the movie ended with that. Yeah, with the, the realization like yeah, this is like they they imply it. Uh, and they imply that it might be a delusion that at his wedding he sees he sees George Clooney George Clooney and the fir- his first kill and stuff like that and it's almost more like a Fight Club implication where it's like it's all in his head or something like that or American Psycho yeah but I wouldn't have ma- minded like I don't know some sort of because his whole deal is he's kind of an entertainment grifter. Uh, you, there's, you know, there, they talk about it. There's like a debate to be had about his contribution to television mm. and whether or not he, you know, brought quality down, which he sort of, re- I, he sort of invented reality television. Yeah. He invented and, like kind of mean spirited television and like American Idol and like, yeah. Yeah. And so the idea that, yeah, it's just one more kind of grift. I don't know. I thought of this with the uh, the whole Andy Kaufman's thing too, where they at the very end they show Tony Clifton and then they show um uh, uh what's I can't uh, why can't I remember the actor's name Paul Giamatti Paul Giamatti yeah as uh, as Bob Zamuda. as Bob Zamuda, yeah yeah and the implication is like oh could he still be alive and it's like no no he's dead no he's he's dead <laughs> the, like, Bob Zamuda's W uh, WTF had a moment like that because mark maron was like 
was like, so what's the deal with that? And he's like, oh, who could say? And Mark Maron's just like, okay, cut the shit. No. <laughs> <laughs> like, cut this shit. Like, like he's dead. Stop it. Um, I, I get that a little bit more, though, because that's like that's, that's probably that's probably what Andy Kaufman wanted. He was like, no, just keep keep this weird riddle alive. So it's like, oh, okay, yeah, yeah, I can do that for you. <laughs> yeah, yes. and I guess I guess the way the yeah I guess the way the movie movie ended is to troll people specifically the way Kaufman would have. Um, mm-hmm. But this one, I feel like the whole it felt like the whole point of this guy is that he feels like a phony, so he has to create this this fantasy where he's important. Yeah. I didn't realize that he had come out and just said like, yeah, of course it's bullshit. And yeah. I kind of, I kind of respect it more. The fact that he just came out, he's not like a sociopath who's pretending like that this is all still real. Uh, so I don't know. I thought, I thought it would have been nice for them. I, I guess it's what, uh, this is a long way of me saying, I'm not entirely sure what the point of the film is. Because I don't know either. Yeah. I right. don't, yeah. Well, it came out, the film was made before he publicly admitted that it was all lies, even though right. every, everybody fucking knew it was all lies. Right. Um, I and think the film the, tries to pretend it isn't. Well, times. I don't know. I don't know that it does. Because yeah. the, fil- the film takes place in a super heightened reality. Like you said, there's, there's heavy filters over his memory. Like we're constantly being reminded that this is uh, a movie. Like this is entertainment. Like this is not real. Right. Um, and the way that, like I said, like certain scenes have like uh, moving sets and stuff uh, that are that make it a lot like a television program. Um, I think the point of the movie is like about the blurred line between reality and, and entertainment, mm-hmm. because he sort of did create reality television in a way, um, and like it's kind of it's like like his life story is i guess as real as he says it is i'm not right well when you take away the spy stuff he's just kind of a scummy tv producer right uh and like and and that's fine it's all it's all it's all it's all a dog and pony show yeah so like it's like well what if i was this thing like it's i like i think that's kind of the point of it Mm -hmm. um yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, I don't. I don't. <laughs> it, it, it's tough. Again, I don't hate this movie. Um, no, not at all. I think it's a really well-made movie. It was just that realization watching this as they introduce him as like just a sex pest. Uh, Very much so. Yeah. yeah. They, uh, the and uh, it's like I'm they like they don't. If this was, I had never read the bio- autobiography, but if this was how he tells it, at least he's not lying to himself. Cause he basically is just like, uh, in my early like twenties, I was just a jerk who wanted to get laid and who got into fights at bars. That's, I'm just like a hot headed sex pest. Yeah. And they don't make it seem like he isn't. They do sort of have this, like him longing to be, he's seeing like couples kissing and being like why not me but then they this thing the way he's going about it is so monstrous again uh, i think i think that's a a perception of reality because um in the in the scene where we see him in the movie theater for example and he's trying mm-hmm. to get he's trying to get like a handy <laughs> yeah he just whips it out like everyone in the th- well it's actually, i think it's actually the scene before that but um everyone in the theater literally everyone in the theater is a couple making out except for him and this girl who are just sitting there watching the movie right it's, um, it's definitely heightened reality it's and then it's later his on perception right and later on when we see him at the movies with drew barrymore he and drew barrymore are making out and they're the only people in the theater making out everyone else right. is watching the movie so i think it's his perception is what we're seeing yes and not oh, for not, sure. ne- not necessarily like what is real and what is a justification for what he's doing and i think uh, again i think that's ultimately what this movie is about is perceptions of reality mm-hmm. um um because he's a tv producer and you know because he told this fantastic story about his life that can't possibly be true um but everything in the movie is sort of filmed in this in this hyper realistic way that constantly reminds you that none of it's real right um so yeah but some of it's real because some of it happened. They some, also, of it, some of it definitely happened. Yes. They also do. And I don't know what the purpose of this is. And I don't know if it was written 
or if it's uh was done after the fact they interview people the real people yes like it's a documentary Mm -hmm. uh and those are heavily filtered as well uh those shots yeah they're filtered in a way that's like this is real right uh and they 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 are very like they're very sparse throughout right it only happens like maybe four or five times Mm -hmm. and there's these weird dips into reality where like the tv monitors will show the real versions Uh of these shows and stuff like that uh so it's definitely playing with that idea. I don't. I'm not sure about the interviews though, because the interviews added something weird to it to me. Where it was like, "Am I? Are you trying to make me believe this? Uh, are you trying to get these interviews with people to imply that this is really happening?" I think again. I think it's it's all about blurring that line, right? Like that's the whole point of the movie is 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 blurring the line between what's real and what's just entertainment and when you're in entertainment does it really matter mm-hmm. um and to, to the point that they show chuck barris at the very end but he doesn't say anything yeah i really like that i like yeah, that he doesn't say a word <laughs> no they just show him yeah um i wonder if he knew i wonder if they like interviewed him for three hours and then they watched the movie and he's like hey what the fuck um jay probably knew no he probably yeah but like yeah the screenplay is extremely because uh, also like coming at it from the from the standpoint that it was knowing that it was written by charlie kaufman it's like oh yeah this is this is a meta film oh yeah it's uh, charlie that's what i guess that's what i'm saying is that like i like i'm i i bet the script was really good because it's charlie kaufman yeah uh, he's always good in the hands of george clooney who i do think is a good director but he this is his debut mm-hmm uh uh dir- directing job so like i'm wondering how much of this was in the script how much of it was clooney adding on to it uh i'm gonna assume that a lot of it was in the script yeah because but, it's it, it the structure is so perfectly like a meta deconstruction of the type that charlie kaufman likes to do oh yeah um but clooney Tim def- leading up to adaptation which my yeah. god same year, I think, wasn't it? Wasn't it Adaptation oh, was 2002? It? That's one of those movies that you have to, you really have to know it's a meta movie. Because the first time I watched it, I was like, wait, what the fuck? <laughs> what the fuck was that? <laughs> and then, like, you have to, like, read about it. Like, it's real. Like, if you just watch that movie without knowing that it's ri- who it's written by mm-hmm. uh, or anything like that, it's, 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 it's just a kind of a shitty movie. <laughs> It was, in fact, the same year. Oh, wow. Yep. Um, yeah, I think Clooney definitely understood what he was going for. And then I don't know if Clooney actually had the background with the Coen brothers yet at this point. I don't point. know. I th- it doesn't feel that Coen brothers to me. Uh, I think the moment when I was like with Clooney, like I think Clooney was always inspired by Coen brothers, mm-hmm. but I think his style isn't exactly coen brothers um the script certainly isn't no Uh, i think the one movie where i was like i feel like you're trying to do coen brothers was leatherheads uh you remember that one i remember i didn't our favorite boy john krasinski i didn't Uh, see it but i remember when it came out that had a few funny moments uh that felt very much like he was trying to do coen brothers but he definitely has the thing where he'll do like serious movie funny movie serious movie funny movie uh i i really enjoyed good night and good luck i gotta watch that again though oh for sure yeah uh like he what else has he done recently um what was it called suburbicon i haven't seen that yet i want to watch that that looked kind of fun yeah um he did do leatherheads it was suburbicon was was co-written by the coen brothers no shit yep it was it was the Cohen brothers and then Clooney and Grant Heslov, who is his uh, producing partner. Oh yeah. Oh, and Monuments Men, which uh, I haven't heard anything. No, oh, that, he that... did Ides of March. I really liked Ides of March. Okay. Did you see Ides of March? I didn't. Ooh, Ides of March. I thought was uh, like it's it's my jam as a political thriller. Okay. Uh, Maybe I'll watch that shit. 
Yeah, it's it's Gosling as like the aide to a, a Democratic, uh, I think, candidate for presidency. Uh, it's again, it's a serious one. It's Confessions is kind of his goofy one. Good night and good yeah. luck. Serious one. Leatherheads. Goofy one. Ides of March. Serious one. Monuments Men. His goofy one. Uh, Suburbicon. His serious one. Like he really does go back and forth. Uh, yeah. He's. I think he's very hit or miss generally though yeah yeah but i do want him to keep going yeah yeah um yeah it feels like his tonal shifts are very cohen brothers for mm-hmm. sure and he's clearly um, like he's he's clearly like part of their like inner circle so yeah oh yeah he, i'm sure he's heavily inspired by them i think the ides of mark just that just felt like a pretty like serious political thriller i don't know Mm -hmm. i i haven't watched it a bit but i didn't get any uh coen brothers off of that i think more his humor stuff uh than anything Mm -hmm. but yeah he's also in this rocking a mustache yeah pretty Um, great mustache he's uh i like his performance in this yeah he's great in it he's very low-key menacing in this movie and very funny like he's because he's so serious mm-hmm. i found him very funny where he's like suggesting an idea for his show yeah uh and just like you know calling him he calls him strawberry dick at one point yeah because he just knows everything about him uh he's in at the same time he's yeah he acts like someone who's killed yeah his he maintains he never speaks above a certain register mm. and he always maintains the same rhythm of speech yeah you're right like he never he yeah every line he delivers is at like a very medium tone and that's the only tone he ever has in the film yeah um and it's very interesting and i it's it it has this like i said it has this uh uh, this sort of low-key menace to it where it's like it is funny sometimes because of the things he's saying to him but the way that he's saying them is very laconic um Mm -hmm. i think is the word it's just yeah it's like like you said it's like a guy who's killed (laughs) like yeah a a guy who is not to be fucked with basically there is definitely a lot of like humor in the spy stuff he when he sits down to see julia roberts he goes to someone else first yeah uh which is a very like that feels like a meta spy joke yeah and the Um, scene and the scene where he meets rudger hauer where he's not oh, sure yeah. if, if Rudger Hauer is going to kill him. And he's like, so I met him in a place where I felt comfortable and they're literally surrounded by mirrors. Yeah. Um, yeah. And Rudger <laughs> Howard killing that guy and wanting a picture. Yeah. <laughs> Strangling that guy. He's like, no, take the picture. Yeah. yeah <laughs> and then yeah, he smiles delightful. for it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I really like the idea that the, uh, the like, uh, it, it's, it's, it's something that like the new bond kind of touched upon, which is that like killing for the CIA, the people they get when George Clooney is like, you're, you're built, you're made for this job. And the reason why is he profiles him as a serial killer. Yes. It's, it's the idea that like CIA, they look for people who would have otherwise been serial killers and they Mm -hmm. give them jobs and give them direction, which I really like that idea of the C. And so like Rudger Howard, also is clearly a serial killer he's just yes. doing it for for the cia right um i i really like that idea that mm-hmm. the government being like well we need people to be killers why not get people who we're gonna kill either way uh, right and, and like Clooney says later like sam rockwell is like oh, i don't i don't i have a good job i'm a television producer i've got hit shows i don't need to kill for money anymore and he's like it was never about what you needed for money yeah <laughs> he's like you do to relax it's- right like when he goes he he sets up a meeting with george clooney he's like i need something for my head and george clooney hands him a packet and it's like there you go yeah you know what okay you know what kill this guy you know what i might have liked better what's up um where the where i think the meat is that could be kind of cut or the fat i guess is i think this this movie struggles to be two things uh an autobiography or a bio a biopic i think that that goes i think that goes right out the window what the autobiography well it's clear it's not actually one but like the stuff with his relationships 
and getting married and like getting a career and stuff. Part of me wants to just see a movie kind of very focused on the spy stuff. I don't know. I like the just I like the juxtaposition and I like the insinuation that all of his wet work with the CIA is what made him come up with his ideas yeah. for his game shows. Yeah, that's really funny. <laughs> Whereas, like his ideas for his game shows are just like torturing people. Yeah. Well, <laughs> like, yeah, it, it's not flattering because even when he does when it's not that he he comes up with the game show in very cynical ways. Yeah. Where he's like, the newly get wed game is based off his belief that someone will sell out their spouse for a new appliance. Well, it's also, he, if you notice, he also comes up with the newly wed game while, yeah, he's, wa- while he's watching the torture set. technique. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but like, I think the real reasons are just as good, which is that he's just a cynical guy. Like, yeah, yeah, that it's all... It's all like when he comes up with the dating game, it's again him he- him hearing someone talk about how dating is bullshit. Yeah. Like it's all it's all him coming up with game shows based around things that he thinks are lame and bad. Uh and how incredibly cynical he is as a person. Yeah. And generally unpleasant. Yeah. Yeah, he's terrible. Yeah. <laughs> um but yeah, I think like I don't I don't believe a single thing in this film. No. Um, of course so not. I think I think well, I'm, I'm not I sure. I do believe some of it. Well, what I, believe, I was going to say. Okay, oh, go ahead. Sorry, I believe the self-loathing side, um, where he is talking about his why how, why he came up with shows, or his personal relationships. Mm-hmm. Those seem those seem real to me because it's just I don't know. Do you think he's demonizing himself? Is he just making himself out to be a villain, and that he just got married to someone and it was very nice and like. He didn't cheat on them. Like I feel no, like th- I th- it's I almost. Think all, I think all that's probably true, but like from the like I like I don't I don't feel the 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 tug of war between being a biopic and being this fantastical spy picture. Um, because I, as soon as it as soon as it like dips into the fabulous end, I'm just like okay, I'm just not I don't believe any of this. No, no, no. I'm not saying that. I'm saying that uh, I find that more entertaining. Uh, oh. I I think that's a better film. <laughs> like I I don't May, like, maybe because the, the I hook like here this, I like this film, but yeah, I kind of want to see a film just about like a producer becoming a spy and more about like I really like the idea of sp- spies as just clear serial killers and that world and kind of it's just whenever it was like and then and then you know when it's talking about his like first girlfriend getting pregnant. And like, and then, where she, it's and clearly, then she wasn't really. Yeah. yeah, where it's clearly biopic stuff. Mm-hmm. I'm just like, I don't, I, I don't need to know about your childhood. I, 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 or again, like this, it's fine in this context, but like, I could almost, I'd almost rather watch a fictional story about a fictional producer being a spy, mm-hmm. uh, as opposed to this mix of like, here's my life, but also here's this lie planted in it and i get why it exists yeah um but like that just feels more interesting to me as a as a piece of entertainment yeah maybe maybe in this film it's all perfectly balanced i think yeah there is something fascinating about a a a real life person just making this claim right well Um, the 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 yeah, the title "Confessions of a Dangerous Mind." Yeah, uh, the the emphasis is on dangerous mind. Is that I think it is important, like realizing this is all just a nar- like kind of a narcissistic lie. Um, yeah, and then also he was sort of accused of that. Like we see we see glimpses of it in the movie where like people are people are really coming after him for like eroding society yeah. with the stuff he comes up with, and it's like, all right, calm down, right? But. <laughs> Oh yeah, it's quaint now seeing yeah. the things. I mean, you could you could argue in a butterfly effect way like this was the beginning. Yeah. yeah. But if he didn't do it, someone else would. Yeah. Because as he argues, he's just giving people what they want. Yes. It's a collective effort. Like reality TV, it didn't matter who came up with it. Right. We would have done it. Yeah. Um I think it's interesting and I'm pretty sure this is on purpose. What's this? But uh, when he moves into his house in Los Angeles with Drew Barrymore, yeah, 
um, and he carries her inside and then they have, uh, you know, they have like a love scene. Uh, the love scene is out of focus. Mm. Um, and I think that's absolutely intentional. Yeah, I would um, believe that. Because I, f- again, related to the movie's theme of sort of blurring the line between reality and, and, and entertainment and what's real and what's not. Um, I think they obscured that moment because as it becomes clear uh, throughout the rest of the film, uh, I, Chuck's not entirely sure what she means to him. Yeah, there's a lot of non-commitment. Yeah, he's uh, very not. He's very non-committal. He's like he even tells her, "I love you in my way." Yeah, <laughs> like, because they start with her being almost like the perfect woman for him, where she's right, really she's very, casual as well. She's very casual. She's very mercurial. She's like just sort of like whatever. And at a certain point, it's like clearly that she wants. You know, she mm-hmm. asks to marry she asks him to marry her and then she tries to pass it off as like oh i was kidding yeah but it's yeah just very he, doesn't, clear that, he doesn't react well to yeah. it yeah she's great in this drew barrymore i i always enjoy her in movies mm-hmm. uh and and like shit did i lose my train of thought oh yeah i was just gonna say one thing i should make clear is their relationship stuff i should note that it's the broad strokes that i think are real but because they purposely make like they do romantic montages that are again like you said it's like a television show it's all very corny their love a lot of the time they do that montage where she's like they're like they're like uh, just like doing like couple stuff and it's stuff that no couple has ever done or it's or it's done in this very cheesy montage way at least Mm -hmm. um and so yeah, I I do think again it's all it's all through his memory. It's all through this lens of retelling it all. Yeah. Uh in this way, which is it's weird because it means that he's still a prick in his fantasized version. Yeah, which is interesting. Mhm. Which is why I guess I'm also not bothered about the Julia Roberts thing because it's again it's all told through his brain. So it's like of course he got the better of her in this cheesy spy novel way. Right. Because it's all just a fantasy. Yes. Uh, I guess, again, in the in the Charlie Kaufman way, if you watch this not realizing that, so, like thinking of this as like, are they trying to genuinely pass this off as a, as a biopic? I don't think so, no. Like this was... No, I don't think I, they are. I'm saying that people could watch it the way you watch, you could watch adaptation and not realize that what they're trying to do yeah and if you don't realize that it's a worse film so it's a risky it's risky especially for george clooney's directorial debut yeah it's i remember the 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 publicity around the film when it came out was the fact that it was this highly controversial autobiography where it was like it seemed entirely likely that this dude just made up a bunch of shit about his life right to make to make a good book <laughs> because that's sort of how he looked at life I was like well, we'll just say whatever's entertaining um yeah and from what i'm reading i'm reading a quote here from george clooney um about the cia claims he says i don't know how much wait, wait, i believed wait. it wait can you do it in his voice no <laughs> i cannot all right i don't i don't have a clooney i'm sorry that's fair that's fair that's fair that's fair yeah um he says i don't know how much i believed it i didn't want to officially ask him because i didn't want him to say i made it up i wanted to tell the story and i thought how interesting if it was all made up why someone as wealthy and as successful as chuck barris would have to do that i thought that was an interesting person to explore and that's what we wanted to do with the film mm-hmm. yeah and i i do I keep going back and forth on this. It is almost more interesting if he never confessed to making it up because I feel like I don't know much about Chuck Barris. I should note this. Maybe he's a monster. Maybe he's a wonderful man. But uh, if it was just like this. He he has since passed away. He he died in 2017. Okay. If it was just this like very narcissistic thing where he was like, no, this is my life. This is my biography. And like never fessed up. The fact that like a few years later he was like, oh yeah, it's bullshit, means to me that it was never like that narcissistic of a commitment. It was just like, yeah, I thought it'd be fun. <laughs> yeah, that's that's sort of the... Ad- I remember when I saw this movie, that's the attitude that I perceived. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, here's a guy... Like when I saw the movie, I was like, oh, okay, this guy 
just was like, well, if I'm going to write an autobiography, I might as well make myself a fucking space pirate. Right. You know? <laughs> like, I guess the things that, but the like things I would, that I like, could, I could see my, I could see myself doing the same thing. Oh yeah. The <laughs> things I think throw it off are those weird interviews with like Dick Clark. Dick Clark. Is he like, is Dick Clark the first person we see in this movie? Yes. Yeah. That was, that threw me off. Yeah. Um, I mean, again, it's the movie is about blurring the line between reality and yeah. entertainment. Yeah, that's true. Um, so it has these these interview segments with it, and I think that works for the film because you're left like like we mentioned, like the last image you see is is Chuck Barris, but he doesn't say anything. Yeah. So it's like, what the f- was that real? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, you're right. That that that's such a great ending uh, idea mm-hmm. for an ending because yeah. it it's like because you do these interviews with these other people and you think like. Part of me, and part of me says that they, maybe they shouldn't have had Dick Clark then, because the other people aren't that aren't people that are f- too famous. I guess right, they're just people that worked with. I mean, like he produced, so you, I think, American Bandstand with with Dick Clark. I think yeah. that's why Dick Clark's in it. But even with Dick Clark, you think like, oh, are they acting right now? Like, are is this part of is part of it? Uh, Don't know. And then Chuck Barris at the end. Uh, no, I I bet that's genuine interviews because everything they say can they clearly like selected. Very they you know uh, it was very selective editing where it's like the one the only time they have someone say anything towards him being a spy is basically that woman just being like yeah he'd be gone for a couple weeks they wouldn't tell us where he went and it's like okay <laughs> yeah <laughs> that and means then she, nothing and, <laughs> but right like, that's just that's just Hollywood producer shit. Right, but it but was a very good like, way of implying that there was some yeah. truth to it. And she also, I think she also has the bit where it's like you could, like you could, he would just turn on people. Like you could hear about him just turning on, like he was a great guy, right? But he had this capacity to just destroy people if he, if he, if he felt the whim, right? And they have that part where she's like, "Yeah, he's a good man. I mean, he's a prick." Yeah. <laughs> uh, which again, um, all of that can be used to describe just any old producer <laughs> exactly yeah 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 it's a very it's uh, it's an interesting movie it's a very interesting movie it's i i gotta give Clooney a lot of respect for opening with it because i do think it's a hard movie to start with it's not people don't remember this movie that much and i think it's because at face value as a movie it's kind of uneven yeah I'll, and I'll, agree, I'll agree with that. Yeah, and it, and you don't like the main character. Again, it's very Charlie Kaufman, which is that I I would argue a lot of Kaufman characters you don't like, like John Cusack and Billing John Malkovich. It's like he's a goblin. Yeah, yeah, he's fucking terrible. Yeah, you have to kind of appreciate his films always on a meta level, where you're you're certainly not going to follow the hero's journey and like care what happens to him. Uh, I think Nicolas Cage's adaptation is one of the more uh, sympathetic ones, but he's also very pathetic. <laughs> um, and it's, again, you have to know that he's playing Charlie Kaufman, and you have to know that Charlie Kaufman is the writer to understand it, because it's supposed to be like him yeah. just shitting on himself, like I'm a failure, I'm a piece of shit. Every interaction with the, like a, a woman is just blows up in my face, and it's just... Uh, otherwise you're just watching a character where you're like look at this fucking wiener uh and then it ends with like fucking alligator murders and you're like i don't know what i just saw (laughs) (laughs) i don't know why that happened um i'm reading about this movie um you'll notice one of the things i noticed which is funny now because he's a fucking oscar-winning actor sam rockwell is like the fifth build oh you're right that does check out and he's the main character right but at the time <laughs> you're sure right. he's sam rockwell but he's not george clooney he's not julia roberts he's not he's not drew, drew barrymore, barrymore. no nope. yeah. drew barrymore is the first build yeah um, because they go alphabetical they go drew barrymore george clooney julia roberts and sam rockwell <laughs> who is the main character yeah who is in every scene of the movie <laughs> um and apparently, from what I'm reading, Clooney had to jump through a lot of fucking hoops for that. For Sam Rockwell? Uh, yeah. Wow. What? They, All right. they... Where was he in his career at the time? Clooney? No, Sam. Sam Rockwell was nothing. Well, he had done, Ninja Turtles. He had, he had done the Green Mile in 1999. 
Um, wow. he, he was still like, he hadn't really done much. So Clooney saw Ninja Turtles and was like, oh, that's that's our Chuck Barris. Yeah, that's our guy. That's our guy. No, he apparently worked with him on another movie and was like, yeah, he's the fucking guy. That's awesome. Um, Welcome to Collinwood is apparently the film. Yeah. Um, but he had to, because like other people were interested, like Robert Downey Jr. and Ben Stiller were interested in the role. Um, he had to give them... Uh, first look deals on a lot of his movies. Wow. And he, al- and he also had to cameo in Spy Kids too. Wow. Like Miramax made him do all of that mm-hmm. <laughs> to cast. Uh, they made him do all that and they still didn't green light it until he got Julia Roberts to be in it. Wow. That's that. They wouldn't, they wouldn't George green Clooney. light. Yeah. They wouldn't green light a $28 million movie with Sam Rockwell in the lead role. Yeah. I mean, he had done, yeah, he had done Galaxy Quest and Charlie's Angels, and he, Charlie's Angels is probably his biggest one there, uh, which is again with uh, Drew Barrymore, mm-hmm. a romantic Drew Barrymore scene, I believe. Um, oh, yeah, I forgot that he's in Stella, like some of the very early Stella stuff. Sam Rockwell mm-hmm. is in there. Yeah. yeah, and after Confessions, he did Matchsticks Men, Matchstick Men, and I feel like Hitchhikers is the one where people were like, oh, check out that Sam Rockwell. But his career since then, like, it's very interesting. Like, Moon pops out, of course. Yeah. Um, but he does a lot of smaller stuff. And does, then, like, yeah. shows up uh, every now and then in bigger stuff, like Iron Man 2 and... And Cowboys and Aliens. Yeah. I think... It, what would you say is his best role? I think I know what I would say. Man. Can I give you mine? I think mine might be the Green Mile mine is poltergeist no mine is uh god poltergeist uh Oof. mine is uh seven psychopaths oh he's fucking yeah. awesome in that <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah killing it in seven psychopaths yeah i i like him a lot in the green mile um, he is a waste in poltergeist by the way i don't know if you saw that pol- 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 yeah i did i watched it last year it's a fucking wasteland what a of piece a film. of crap movie <laughs> that movie fucking sucks oh what, what a, a terrible shame. movie yeah why would they do that they also squandered jared harris Jared, ha- oh my God, he is in that. Uh huh. He's the he's the uh, the Zelda Ruben Rubenstein. Right. Is that name? You're right, 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 right. He's her analog. Yeah. They just fucking squander fucking Rockwell and, and yeah. Jared Harris in they that movie. They squandered the director. It's the director of uh, I think City of Ember, which is a very creative movie from what I remember. Uh, I didn't see it. That's that, that Bill Murray in it, didn't it? Yeah, and Toby Jones, and then they directed Monster House, and then uh, yeah, it was, and then they were like, do a Poltergeist, and they're like, all right. Monster House is good. Yeah, oh, it's, Dan, good. it's written by Dan Harmon. Well, right. sort of. Sort of. They severely rewrote his yeah. screenplay, as Dan Harmon will tell you at the drop of a hat. Oh yeah. <laughs> but yeah, Sam Rockwell. I, I, he don't need to be no superstar. He's a, he's good where he is. I think as long as he's happy. Yeah, it's it's funny that neither of us said three billboards. Oh yeah, I have to rewatch that. I've only seen it once. I didn't love it. I didn't love it. Uh, I I enjoyed it. Um, I have like a weird memory aversion to it uh, that I won't go into. But like, you know, when you like you eat a food and then you get the flu afterwards and you can't eat that food for a while. And it has yes. nothing to do with has nothing to do with the quality of the food. Yep. Yep. I have something I have, like that. Yeah, I have I have that connection to an unwritten law album. Oh, okay. <laughs> there is an there is an album by unwritten law that I cannot listen to because I got it as I had one of the worst fevers of my entire life. Right. And then it's, <laughs> that's all you can think about. So yeah. That's all I can think about when I hear it. <laughs> yeah. Um, it, it, yeah, but it, it, I it mean, him plus Mark McDonough is a great, it's a very smart pairing. He, uh, and in yeah. this, like when you said Robert Downey Jr., I was like, Oh, that could be good. Not as good as Sam Rockwell. <laughs> Cause Sam Rockwell has that, he has this combination of a like a scummy guy that's also kind of sad mm-hmm. um and he can do it really well like slime ball but sympathetic sam uh, rockwell rockwell's more it, it, it's it, it's interesting to say this because i love him um rockwell's more hateable than rdj yeah that's what i mean yeah like He's, he fits into this kind of role better than yeah. robert downey would yeah Robert Downey isn't he's not slimy enough that's the whole thing with Iron Man which is like you could say is like kind of does a disservice to you know when like it boosted people like Elon Musk after that people trying to see him the same way uh which is that Iron Man almost isn't he's too charismatic at first 
like <laughs> because he's already Jay. So it's like yeah. you you start liking him. You start the movie liking him and it's like right, but you can recognize that he kind of sucks. Yeah. But oh, but yeah. it's it's a, it's a different dynamic than what you would want for a movie like this. Oh, for sure. Um yeah. But Robert yeah, Downey yeah, like, he can be a slime ball. He, he I mean US Marshals, man. Uh, you know, yep. killing it in US Marshals. Yep, yep, yep. Natural born killers. Yeah. I do like this is a weird one. Well, I like his doing, performance. He's What's doing that? his he's doing his Mel Gibson impression <laughs> in <Yeah>. Natural Born <laughs> Killers. I like his performance in Gothica, uh, which, you know, isn't a great movie, but it was I think it was his comeback movie technically. Yeah, I think it was the first movie he got when he got out of prison. Yeah, yeah. I think I tweeted about this. It's interesting. His movie right before Rehab was in Dreams, where he plays like a serial killer who's uh, uh, was in an asylum, mm-hmm. and then uh, and then his comeback was Gothica, which is another horror movie, like in Dreams, where he plays not a serial killer who works at an asylum. So he has like an asylum sandwich right like wasn't the game in gothica where like you thought he was the bad guy but yes. he's not which is why yeah. i liked him is because they make him they do it like they do an interesting thing where they make him helpful enough that any like person who has watched a million of these is like oh he did it yeah he's the fucking bad <laughs> like guy. he's yeah. that guy's too helpful <laughs> he's, yeah. he did it uh and then no no he didn't yeah, he didn't. He yeah. didn't do it. Spoilers for Gothica. Yeah. Spoilers for Gothica. Halle Berry does, in fact, kill a man in that and gets away with it because he's just so bad that everybody's like, it's cool. It's fine. It's fine. And like, I'm not I'm not against that. <laughs> I agree with the film. She's just like, yeah, ghost made me kill this guy. And they're like, sure. yeah, well, the ghost was right. Halle yeah, Berry. fuck that guy. That guy sucked. Yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, Gothica fucking gothica man that's a film it is Holly a motion broke picture her arm it is a, filming that she did she uh, on, on robert downey jr did it rd rdj broke her arm yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah must have felt um, bad i hope so that's i i, yeah. I couldn't live with myself if i broke Halle right. berry's arm <laughs> right also all right holly berry was hot shit at the time right yeah, she just won for Monsters Ball. Right. And then you got Robert Downey Jr. who really needs this to work out for him. Right. Who's like <laughs> he's he's struggling. Back. No no studio will insure him. Right. And he breaks fucking Halle Berry's arm. Oh, God. <laughs> My God. That w- that must have been. You disaster of a man. Yeah, that's. Oof. Good yeah. God. Yep. Uh, and, then he, and then he did Iron Man 2 with Sam Rockwell, who did this movie. He did. Yes. Yeah. Bring all it, bring of this it is all accurate back. bring it all back yeah I, I i like this movie i it's it's uh it's definitely not my favorite i don't come back to it often um it's a movie that i feel like i've seen too much but it isn't true which is weird i've only seen this twice yeah i think i i did an article on it or like i included an article so i know i've watched it like at least like three times and scrubbed mm-hmm. through it for screen grabs and shit like that yeah um and it yeah it's a good movie it's not my favorite george clooney directing movie by far mm-hmm. i think he's better when he does serious stuff i don't I know i don't know what else better. to say about this film and uh rotten tomatoes would agree with me on this one sure yeah is that like the other silly movies is like leatherheads uh and monuments men which will have their moments i think he mm. i think he's it's weird to say like sweetness like sincerity human kindness like happiness um mm-hmm. he doesn't do nearly as well as like tragedy and seriousness uh he nails those uh and he makes some really compelling films through that i think you should watch yeah. ides of march i might I probably watch it. will i might watch yeah. it tonight yeah fuck that it was mm-hmm. it was on hulu for a long time was it yeah it was yeah it's got ryan gosling and he holds up the magazine and it's so his face like his and george face. clooney's face. yeah that's yeah. the whole movie he holds it up the whole movie he walks around he just walks around with that in front of his face yeah. like a fucking mask he bumps into things because he has no depth perception but right, it's okay half of his half of his face is george clooney on uh-huh. time magazine yeah i mean what would you do exactly well not would you that do? please yeah <laughs> the whole movie is just about it's just about people like yeah you do have the same shape faced as george clooney that's interesting ryan gosling uh, thank you and, for pointing that out yeah roll credits ides of march uh do we have any other thoughts no 
I have nothing else to say about this movie. Yeah, I feel like, oh, I did want to note, uh, if you're going to cast a young Sam Rockwell, uh, Michael Sarah. <laughs> like Apparently. He, he looks like, they look like each other. Like, he looks like he could turn into Sam Rockwell at that age. Uh, I don't know if this was his first role. Michael Sarah trying to get a girl to, to lick his his penis. No, I think he'd done other stuff before this. Yeah. Yeah, he was kind of a child actor. I always forget that about him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know he was in the Berenstein Bears animated series. Oh, okay. I don't know He's, if that was before or after this, but... He also has the was, thing where it, he looks younger than he is, so he was probably used a lot to play younger roles like this. Yeah. Where you like need a kid to just say something real fucked up, but you don't want to get like a, a really small kid, because mm-hmm. it's like, that's fucked up. Why would you do that? Yeah. Why on earth? What would you, why would you use your power? Mm-hmm your considerable power to do this yeah what's wrong uh, with you yeah. the hell is your problem yeah uh all right well thank you to joshua graves yeah <laughs> <laughs> thank you josh yeah uh, thanks good list good c- congratulations list. to us for picking yeah uh for, the right for, yeah the right thing we clearly picked the best of the bunch mm-hmm. everybody uh thank us mm-hmm and uh, if you're interested, you can check out our Patreon. That's where that's where these podcasts are done through. That's mm-hmm. patreon.com slash gamefully unemployed. Do it. Uh, yeah. We have exclusive podcasts there, like Tom and Jeff Watch Batman and mm. Fox Mulder is a Maniac. Mm. Also, it's Monday and uh, Tuesday. You yeah. know, for the month of June, there'll be maybe some other podcasts happening on Tuesdays. You'll have to oh, find yeah. out. There yeah. might be. There could possibly be mm-hmm. some some vampire adjacent podcasts. Right. There's no evidence that this is a fact. No. No. I can't confirm or deny that it exists, mm-hmm. but Um Tom, should we plug our stores? Does it matter? No. We never plug our Twitters. Should we plug our Twitters? No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you no, you're right. You're right. I'm just I'm just asking these questions. Yeah. No, it's your it's 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 responsible thing to do. Mhm. Um yeah, we have a store but fuck it for right now. No, yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. No. It's all right. It's all right, guys. Yeah. It's okay. Mhm. Everything's going to be okay. Everything's going to be fine. Yeah. <sighs> watch uh watch Ides of March. Yeah. That'll make you feel just better. Settle in with Ides of March. A feel good movie. That fucking film. <laughs>